Previously on Space Train, Doug struck a deal with the doctor. The doctor said he would return all the books he stole so that Etho could go to the Academy of Wanderers, and he would help the cadets catch the rocket man if they would help him get released from his glass prison cell. The doctor's first tip proved to be legit, and the cadets were able to stop the rocket man's attack on a luxury space cruiser. Doug couldn't believe it. The doctor had actually helped them do something good. And now for season two, episode 10, Wish Upon a Star. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Space Train. It's time to be the Warm light from the space train's greenhouse car glowed against the backdrop of space. Heat lamps warmed the rows of green plants inside. Misters along the curved ceiling occasionally turned on, watering the plants and fogging up the glass enclosure. Kneeling next to one of the garden beds was Goro. With a grumless spike fruit plant, you want to trim the lower branches and pull the dead leaves so that all the nutrients are directed up into the healthiest branches, he explained to the cadets. Doug and Lydia were fascinated with the strange mango-like fruit that sprouted from the top of the plant. It changed colors every few seconds, and when Doug reached out to touch it, it recoiled and thorns sprang out of its flesh like bare teeth. Whoa! Doug jumped back. They call it spike fruit for a reason, Goro said with a smile. You must handle it with care. How are you supposed to eat it? Liddy asked. Dallas snorted. <laughs> you just pop it in your mouth. Why don't you give it a try and let us know how it tastes? Lydia shot him a look. Real funny. Good question, Goro said. He carefully clipped the fruit off the plant, and immediately the spikes retracted and the fruit shriveled down into what looked like a wrinkly prune. You sever it just below the head, cutting off its spiking reflex. It is now ready to eat. Give it a try. Doug, Lydia, and Dallas looked at the shriveled fruit in disgust. No, thank you, Doug said. Leo was feverishly taking notes. He had been riveted by every word of Goro's gardening class. This was the most excited anyone had ever seen him since Goro had asked for help upgrading the control panel's operating system. He quickly snatched the fruit out of Goro's metal fingers and popped it into his mouth. He chewed thoughtfully and swallowed. Everyone anxiously awaited his reaction. 
after some smacking of the lips and some obnoxious licking of his fingers, which took way too long, Leo finally smiled and gave them a thumbs up. See? Goro pointed at him. Spike fruit are delicious and nutritious. In fact, most of your shakes have had these mixed into them. They blend well with most flavors, provide an added protein boost to your diet, and keep you regular. Dallas stared at him dumbfounded. You telling me that you've been spiking our shakes with thorny raisins? I have been supplementing your poor choice of diet with nutritious ingredients, yes. Doug eyed the smaller spike fruit on the lower branch. It was turning dark red and bearing its thorns at him. Leo might be alien, but he was probably the pickiest eater out of all of them. If he could handle it, so could he. Putting on his gloves, Doug picked up his hand clippers and snipped off the fruit. Almost immediately, the thorns wilted and the fruit shriveled down to a prune. Doug popped it into his mouth and chewed. Mmm, it's good. Way good. Lydia was now curious enough to give it a try. She snipped one off, waited for it to shrivel, and took a bite. Mmm. She too liked it. Dallas wouldn't so much as give this stuff a sniff, while Leo enjoyed at least four more, resulting in a couple quick trips to the bathroom. They spent the rest of gardening class pruning plants and shrubs from various planets. Dallas pulled a banana-shaped potato out of the soil that was nearly as tall as him. He looked it up and down. Dude, this is one humongous french fry. Leo referenced his notes, pruning the phalloper bonsai trees with meticulous precision. He listened to music and bobbed his head along to it. Let's hear it, bro, Dallas said, pointing to his ear. Leo unplugged his headphones and let his music play out loud. Nice, Lydia said, filling her basket with strange-looking vegetables. Who is that? Leo pointed to himself. Doug's eyebrows shot up. You wrote that song? He looked away from spraying a hairy carnivorous plant with vinegar, and the plant gobbled the spray bottle right out of his hand. Whoa. Leo nodded proudly. Even Blaberta and their gorfy family danced along to the beat. They never passed up on an opportunity to boogie. In fact, if there was ever music playing anywhere on the train, they were known to show up out of nowhere to shake their jelly bodies. <laughs> Blaberta waved a carrot through the air while they danced. they just discovered the earth vegetable for the first time and had already cleaned out three garden beds of them. Their full jelly bellies jiggled as they danced. Leo pointed to his music player and then pointed to Doug. You want to give me your music player? Doug asked. Leo shook his head and tried again. He pointed to himself, gestured playing music, and then mimed wrapping a present and handing it to Doug. He made the music for you as a birthday gift, Lydia translated. Oh, wow. Thank you. I love it. Leo beamed and then gestured that he would send the music to Doug. That was a very thoughtful gift, Leo, Goro said. My gift to you, Captain, is a shortened class day. I intentionally left the rest of the day open so that we could celebrate. What would you like to do next? Captain? Doug was distracted by the little buzzing remote in his pocket. 
Hmm? What? Oh, yeah, sorry. I don't really care. I never know what to do for my birthday, so you guys decide. No, Lydia insisted. This is your day, and we want to make you feel special. Come on, this train is huge. There's got to be something you want to do to celebrate. She flashed him a cute smile. Doug's stomach did a little flip. Uh, okay, let's see. Minutes later, they were flying through the train recreation car, playing a game of low-gravity basketball. It was Doug and Lydia versus Leo and Dallas. Liberta and the Gorfies cheered them on from the sidelines like little cheerleaders made of jello. Doug noticed that Dallas was playing especially hard and aggressive, enough to beat Doug's team by just one point, even though Leo had barely touched the ball. From there, they headed to the bowling alley car, where they played a couple games of glow-in-the-dark bowling. When that was done, they went to the theater car and watched Doug's favorite movie, The Truman Show. Doug and Lydia's hands kept touching every time one of them reached for the blue raspberry icy. It was awesome. Then they headed to the planetarium car, where Goro played roller coaster simulations on the domed screen, making the kids feel like they were on an actual roller coaster doing loop-de-loops through space. At nearly every part of their celebration, Doug kept checking the vibrating remote in his pocket. Lydia was sick of pretending she wasn't noticing it. What is that? She whispered. It's just an alarm, I said, Doug said nervously. For what? A reminder to get some work done. Lydia groaned. It's your birthday. No work allowed. Okay, okay. Lydia pulled him to the Cosmic Cafe where she surprised him with his favorite meal, barbecue. It hadn't been easy convincing the chef bots that they needed to slow cook the meat, but after some coaching, they had managed to make a surprisingly delicious barbecue dinner. As they ate, Lydia turned on the window screen and played a news broadcast of kids wishing Doug a happy birthday from all over the galaxy. Happy birthday, Mind Builder, a group of large green fish-like kids shouted. Hope it's a good one, said another kid. Captain Colt is our hero, shouted a group of giggling cat girls. Doug couldn't watch. He hid his face, he was so embarrassed. Lydia and Leo kept poking him and teasing him. Everybody loves you. Everybody loves you. Dallas didn't look amused. He scoffed at the screen and bit into his barbecue like a lion attacking his prey. For Doug, the 15-minute video felt like 15 hours. He squirmed uncomfortably through the whole thing. He hated having so much attention on him. Sure, it felt nice to be liked, but this was excessive. When the video finally ended, he shook his head in disbelief. How did you have time to put this together? I didn't do much, Lydia admitted. I just sent a quick email to the Galactic News and let them know your birth date. The fans put the video together themselves. Doug still couldn't believe he had fans. He was sure if any of those kids met him in person, they would be sorely disappointed with how normal and boring he actually was. There's one more part to my present, Lydia said excitedly. Dallas rolled his eyes. You're laying it on a little thick, don't you think? Lydia ignored him and changed the window screen to display a group of kids sitting in the connector back at the academy. 
Goro, we're ready, she said, barely able to contain her excitement. Goro walked over and started typing into the keypad on his arm. Finally, I've been waiting for this moment. Why didn't you just sit down with us? Doug asked him. I prefer not to stare at food I can no longer eat, Captain. I was simply saving you from having to look at my sulking, envious face throughout your meal. He stopped typing to look at him. How was it? Oh, it was amazing. Probably the best barbecue I've ever had. Lydia beamed. Ah, yes, barbecue, Goro said dreamily. If I remember correctly, when I was last able to eat barbecue, it tasted like delicious warm bread, flat and round, bathed in a tomato sauce and covered in layers upon layers of cheese. Mmm. The cadets looked at each other. Should we tell him? Lydia whispered. <laughs> nah, Doug chuckled. Goro's daydream ended with a sigh before he went back to typing commands into his arm. It is ready, he announced. Doug had no idea what was going on. He saw most of the Academy of Wanderers filling the connector's hive seats. Even Etho was there. They had dropped him off only a few days ago, and already he was meshing well with the other students, and obviously felt confident enough to try out the connector. Doug pointed to the screen. What is this? You'll see. Lydia rubbed her hands together. Okay, Wanderers. Commence Operation Cake Drop. The Wanderers reached out and took hold of the horizontal handle in front of their seats. The giant mechanical spindle in the center of the room hummed to life. Electricity pulsed down the cables running to the chairs. Remember the recipe we discussed? Lydia coached through the screen. The humming grew louder. The electricity pulsed faster. Goro typed into his arm pad. Sending the exact coordinates now. Almost. Lydia stared into the screen. Almost. Light grew at the spindle's point. And now. A beam of light shot out of the connector's spindle into space. A minute later, that same beam blared through the Cosmic Cafe's window and shone upon their dining table. The cadets jumped back. Something was materializing in front of them. It almost looked like a multi-tiered wedding cake. Here it comes! As Lydia held her hands out near the pulsing laser beam, her hair floated up and out, fizzing with static electricity. She looked like a mad scientist summoning her creation to life. Just as the creation took form, boom, splash, cake exploded, sending ingredients flying. Gradually, the beam disappeared, and the cadets were left staring at each other in shock, caked head to toe in, well, cake. Lydia's shoulders slumped. That wasn't supposed to happen, she said, a creamy strawberry rolling off her nose. Doug burst into laughter. <laughs> Oh, man, that was awesome! It was? Lydia pulled cake chunks out of her hair. You got the whole school to make me a cake through the connector? That's nuts! Dallas licked his fingers. Actually, I think it could have used some nuts. Hazelnuts. Maybe some pecans. Smelling the chocolate, Blaberta and their family bounced into the room and immediately started eating cake off the cadets' faces. Brr, ah, 
Stop it! Dallas tried to swat them away. Get yourselves together! Hey, hey, hey I was gonna eat that! No! That tickles, bro! The hungry Gorfies followed them to the next car, nibbling the crumbs out of their hair and tasting the frosting on their arms, tickling them like crazy. The cadets stopped by the office car so that Doug's parents could give him a video call and wish him a happy birthday from the academy. Wish we could be there, Dougie, his dad said. We'll celebrate when you get back, his mom added. When the broadcast was over, Dallas snorted. <laughs> Dougie? Sounds like a pajama outfit for puppies. <sighs> they won't stop calling me that, Doug said, embarrassed. I like it, Lydia said. In fact, I might start using it. Captain Dougie. <laughs> Please don't, Doug laughed. Goro stepped into the room. Is there anything else you'd like to do, Captain Dougie? Uh, he corrected himself when Doug raised his eyebrow at him. Dougie-less Colt? Doug smiled. There is one more car we haven't visited in a while. Doug led the group to the music car, where they turned on the disco lights, blared music, and danced. Leo offered to DJ the party, even throwing in some of his own mixed tunes. Gorfies jiggle danced on top of the loudspeakers. Doug and Lydia practiced their silliest dance moves. Goro did the robot. And Dallas leaned against the wall and watched with folded arms. He'd said he didn't know how to dance to that kind of music, but even when they turned on a country song for him, he said he had to go to the bathroom and left. After several fun party songs, Leo changed the pace. He lowered an old vinyl record onto his mixer, and when the needle touched it, a slow song filled the room with a warm, silky smooth sound. Blaberta slowly swayed back and forth to the music on top of a speaker. Their family followed their lead, pairing off and jiggling slowly. Goro got the hint and sat down to rest his gears, leaving only Doug and Lydia on the dance floor. Doug could feel sweat building on his forehead. Lydia was smiling at him. She'd let down her red hair that with her freckles practically shone under the lights of the moon-shaped mirror ball. She held out her hand. Doug took it and Lydia pulled him in close. She held his one hand out and then took his other hand and put it on her hip. Doug swallowed. She'd never danced with a girl before. What was he supposed to do now? Was he supposed to move their outstretched hands up and down? What if he stepped on her toes? How was his breath? Was it just him, or were their faces ridiculously close? He felt a bead of sweat drip down his cheek. Dang, did she see that? She totally had to have seen that. Even if she did, Lydia didn't seem to mind. She just kept smiling. Doug smiled back. He gladly let her take the lead as they gently rocked side to side and stepped in small circles. 
She seemed to be enjoying it. He certainly was. It was terrifying, but kind of awesome to be this close to her. A sudden surge of confidence overcame him. Taking a step back, he raised her hand over her head. Lydia looked up at it and suppressed a laugh. What are you doing? I'm trying to twirl you? Doug started to laugh himself. Oh, of course. With a silly bounce of the eyebrows, she twirled under their joined hands. Then they came back together and continued to slow dance. As the song faded out, Doug eventually realized they were still dancing even though the music had stopped. Oh, sorry. He pulled back and tried to shake off the awkward moment by giving her a cheesy bow. It was a pleasure, my lady. Lydia curtsied. The pleasure was all mine, monsieur. Leo clapped for them and gave a thumbs up. The remote in Doug's pocket vibrated again. Lydia looked between the pocket and Doug. You still haven't turned off that alarm? Yeah, well, I still need to do that task. I'll get to it. He silenced the remote and tucked it back in his pocket. Lydia looked at him suspiciously. You're still not going to tell me what that task is? It's really not a big deal. Just some boring mission briefing stuff I need to catch up on. Lydia gave him another long questioning look and waited for him to tell the truth, which he didn't. She closed her eyes and focused hard. Doug suddenly felt anxious. What are you doing? Summoning a vision? Of what? Doug's hand played with the remote in his pocket. Your future. Doug was really sweating now. What was she trying to see? Lydia's eyes suddenly opened. Hmm. I couldn't see much, but I can tell you it's a bright future, she said with a playful smile. Seriously? That's all you're going to tell me? What'd you see? Lydia shook her head. Mm-mm. Do I ever figure out how to do a backflip on the trampoline? Hmm, can't tell. Oh, come on, just a little preview. I grow a beard, don't I? Oh, does it look good? Do I get those classy gray streaks in it? Ahem. <clears throat> Dallas cleared his throat from the doorway. Sorry to interrupt this love boat, but I believe it's time for me to give my gift. You got me a present? Doug looked at him surprised. Dallas tossed him a suit box. Suit up and meet me in the caboose. Leo, bring that tune you were playing earlier in the greenhouse car. We're gonna need it. He turned and walked out. Doug and Lydia exchanged a surprised look. Doug shrugged and followed Dallas to the back of the train. There, everyone suited up and Doug and Dallas climbed up onto the roof of the caboose. We're doing a spacewalk? Doug asked, making sure his feet were suctioned to the roof. Nope, we're surfing the stars, bro. This time I taught you how to shred. Dallas bent down over the open hatch and pulled two metal surfboards up onto the roof. Then he took out two long cables and attached them to the back of the caboose. Wait, what? Doug looked out over the back of the train. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. Just looking at the surfboards made his stomach squirm. Come on, bro. Don't be a little ninny knocker. It's easy. 
Just step on the board like this. Doug awkwardly stepped onto the board, following Dallas's lead. Their boots suctioned into place. Now, holding onto the rope, we're gonna jump out behind the train. What? What about the jets? Dude, don't worry. I'm having Goro turn the flames down. We'll just cruise. Isn't that right, Goreman? Affirmative, Dallas. Came Goro's voice into their headsets. Trimming the jets and setting the train to coast. Ready when you are. Doug glanced down at Lydia through the open hatch door. He didn't want to look like a little sissy knocker or whatever it was Dallas had just called him in front of her. He took a deep breath and nodded to Dallas. Ready. Jump! Holding onto the ropes, they both jumped out behind the train. Hit it! Dallas shouted into his headset. Goro accelerated, making the train take off. The ropes tightened and yanked the two boys forward. Whoa! Doug almost let go. Hold on, doodlet. Straighten out your board and get a feeling for the space waves. Space waves? Doug's board was straight back behind him. His arms shook from the effort to hold on. It's the little currents of vibrations that help you whip your board around. Straighten out. After much struggling, Doug finally managed to stand up on his board and steady himself. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Leo and Lydia watched from the caboose's rear windows. Go, Doug! Lydia cheered through her headset. Bend your knees a little more, Dallas coached. Like this? Doug squatted down awkwardly. That's it. Now, just move your feet forward and back. Forward and back. You'll feel the vibrations guiding the board. Doug did as he said, holding on for dear life and slowly moving his board back and forth. There you go. Leo, blast those tunes, and Goro, punch it. Leo blared his music and Goro hit the boost, pulling the boys even faster through space. Dallas rode the currents with wickedly smooth whips of his board. As they approached a comet with an icy ring, he splashed up on top of the ring and did a tail grab. Down below, Doug was struggling to stay upright. He very carefully swayed back and forth, back and forth. The endlessly empty void of space below his board almost made him dizzy. Come on, dude! Dallas called to him. Cruise those gnarly currents on up here! He was still doing flips on the icy ring and showing off at every turn. I don't think I can! Doug's legs were starting to wobble. Dallas did another flip tail grab that brought him level with Doug. You gotta whip it harder, bro! Dallas bonked his board into the side of Doug's. Don't! I got it! Nah, man, you gotta kick it with the currents, like this! He bonked Doug's board again, this time harder. Doug almost lost his balance. Stop! I said I got it! Dallas, knock it off! Lydia shouted out to them. Dallas ignored her and kept knocking into Doug's board. Bro, you're not doing it right! You gotta point the nose up and sway harder! It'll carry you up to the ring! Dallas, I'm serious! Doug yelled. He could feel himself losing control of the board. You gotta whip it harder! With one last hard knock, Dallas rammed into Doug's board. The board caught a current and whipped out from under him. Doug let go of the rope and started tumbling out into space. Doug! Lydia shouted. Goro, Doug, let go! Turning around now! Goro said over their headsets. 
He turned the train hard, making Dallas swing out to the side. Oh yeah, baby! Woo! As Goro brought the train around, he locked onto Doug and flew over next to him. Doug banged into the exit bay a couple of times before making it into the open side door. Once he was inside, the door hissed shut. Doug immediately unsuctioned his boots from the board and stormed back to the caboose. He got there just as Dallas was climbing back in through the roof hatch. What's your problem? Doug said. You almost killed me out there. Dude, take it down a few notches. I knew Goro was going to bring the train around to pick you up. It's not like we were going to leave you out there. I could have hit space trash or, or broke my arm when I ran into the train. Dallas, you could have really hurt him, Lydia scolded. Are you that desperate for attention? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you serious? Dallas held up his hands. I was just trying to show the birthday boy a good time. It's not my fault he was doing it wrong. <laughs> Doug scoffed and stormed out of the room. Lydia shot Dallas a glare before following after him. Even Leo shook his head at Dallas before shuffling out. That's the thanks I get for taking you surfing? Dallas shouted after them. Doug, Lydia, and Leo headed up to the cockpit where Goro was anxiously waiting for them. Are you all right, Captain? Forgive me, I didn't realize I was going so fast. It wasn't your fault, Doug said. Dallas knocked me off. Goro looked at him surprised. Is that right? His metal mustache turned down into a frown. I see. I will have a talk with him. We are no good as a team if we can't get along with each other. I hate to end your birthday on such a sour note. I'll be fine. I'm a little rattled, but it's been a good day. He looked at Lydia. A great day. Thank you guys for making it special. He noticed a grotesque pile of food in the corner of the room. What is that? Ah, yes. Those are the Wanderers' many failed follow-up attempts at making you a birthday cake. They're still trying? Most certainly. They've been at it all day. I must admit it has been a most unpleasant experience being in the room of their creations. I'm pretty sure one of the cake piles actually came alive. One of the screens flashed on and showed the exhausted Wanderers sitting around the connector. Attempt number 13, one of the kids shouted. Oh boy, take cover, Doug shouted. They jumped behind the cockpit chairs as a thick laser beam shot through the cockpit window. It hummed and fizzed, gradually piecing together its creation. When the beam of light retreated, everyone peeked out from behind their chairs. Sitting in the middle of the room was the most perfect chocolate cake they'd ever seen. It had five tiers, beautiful swirls of icing, and the words Happy Birthday Doug written along the side. They did it? Goro stood up. They did it! All the wanderers on the video feed burst into cheers. Their claps and hollers turned into a chorus of Happy Birthday, which Goro, Lydia, and Leo joined in singing. When they finished, Doug thanked everybody for the amazing gift. Leo sliced up the cake and handed it out. We better eat quick before the Gorfy sniff this out, Lydia said, digging into her slice of cake. Mmm, oh man, this is good. Mmm, yeah it is. Doug savored his chocolatey bite. Hold on, you hear that? They could hear chirping coming down the hall. 
Oh, quick, 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 quick. Dish it out. Leo put as many slices of cake on the plates as he could. He fumbled with the knife and finally resorted to grabbing fistfuls and throwing them on the plates. Lydia looked at the door and braced herself. Here they come. The door hissed open and the rabid Gorfies bounced into the room. They charged the chocolate cake, clicking, purring, chirping, and chomping through each tier in a matter of seconds. By the time they chewed it down to the floor, the little blobs were ten times their normal size and could hardly move. They groaned and moaned, rolling around on their overstuffed bellies. Goro noticed that the wanderers in the video feed were out of their chairs and were putting their faces close to the camera. Hey, where did our cake go? One of them said. Goro turned off the video feed and whistled. Ah, he held up a finger. I almost forgot the most important birthday tradition of all. He rummaged through the cabinets and pulled out a strange pill-shaped pod the size of a big burrito. No birthday is complete without wishing upon a star. Doug looked at the capsule, confused. It's a message capsule, Goro explained. As you know from the fan mail you've been receiving, many planets still rely on this technology to carry news and important messages throughout the galaxy. But we are going to use it to make a wish. This was a tradition we started back when I was a professor at the academy. Here, hold this. He handed Doug the capsule. Give it a twist. Doug twisted it and the capsule hissed open. Goro's gears spun with excitement. He handed Doug a bag of blue powder. Put one of these inside, twist it shut, make a wish, and stick it into that hole in the control panel. Doug played along. It was a strange request, but then again, Goro's conscious crystal had been rebuilt by him, so he felt a sense of duty to go along with his ideas even if they didn't make sense. He took the bag of sparkling blue powder, put it into the capsule, and twisted it shut. He thought long and hard about what he would wish for. Should he wish for Lydia to say that she liked him? Or that the academy would be bursting at the seams with new students? Or that he and Dallas would get along better? No... He knew exactly what he wanted most. He looked at his friends. Above all else, he wanted them to be safe. He wanted everyone at the academy to be safe. Heck, he wanted everyone in the universe to be safe. And the only way that was going to happen was if they stopped the Rocket Man. Doug made his wish and then pushed the capsule into the hole. Thump. It sucked out of his hands and shot out into space. Wait for it, Goro said, pointing to the glowing yellow sun up ahead. Everyone watched as the capsule zipped towards the star and seemed to disappear until... Poof! It exploded into a fiery ball that sent beautiful blue shimmering waves across the sun's surface. Whoa! Blue light reflected off the kids' amazed faces. Doug felt his pocket vibrate for the tenth time. While everyone marveled at the blue sun wave, he stepped away and pulled out the little device. A small digital message scrolled across its screen. Incoming video message from the doctor. Doug hesitated. 
He checked over his shoulders and then snuck out of the cockpit. Okay, Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed that episode of Space Train. I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping me edit that episode, for Jeremy from HarmoniousIdeas.com for helping edit the audio, and I want to thank you, Rocketeers, for leaving your feedback on Apple Podcasts, via email, on Facebook, leaving the reviews on Spotify. I've been keeping tabs on this. It's been a crazy time around here. We moved to Colorado. I think I said that at the end of the last episode. We're actually looking for a place now, and we're with in-laws for the time being. They're gracious enough to let us live with them, but it's been a wild time over here in the web house. Big adventures. So we are in Southern Colorado looking for a place. And so it's been kind of hard to keep tabs on everything, but I've been trying to check in and the feedback you guys is so great. Thank you so much for the support and for your words of encouragement. I'll read a couple of these Apple reviews. This is a five-star review from Toby. It says, my son and I love listening to your podcast. We started off with Grandpa's Globe and worked our way to Camp Dino and Pockets. Thank you so much for making these fun podcasts. Awesome. Thanks, Toby, for that review. And I've said it a million times, but the fact that you're listening with your son, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. I love, love, love that you're able to have those bonding moments together. That's what it's all about. If the podcast can play a teeny tiny part in helping you parents bond with your kids over something, it doesn't get any better than that. It's awesome. Thank you for that feedback. This one says, hello, Greg from 409 Sue, five stars. Hi, Greg. I hope you're reading this. I'd really like you to make a season about one type of food fighting the other type of food. Example, pizza versus hamburger. <sighs> Who would win that? You know, I, I don't know, Rocketeers. I'm a burger fan. I love pizza too, though. <sighs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Who would win? Pizza versus hamburger? You know, if it was like an In-N-Out burger, double-double animal style, if we're being honest, I, I don't know what pizza is going to stack up against that. But I've had some good pizzas, like a good, uh, they call it the margarita pizza with the tomato and mozzarella with some like fresh basil and a little balsamic glaze drizzle on top. What? So good. Oh, man. Okay, that, yeah, that would be an interesting story. Maybe like a life episode, which I haven't done in a bazillion years. I need to do an episode of life. Rocketeers, I know. I've dropped the ball. I need to get back to that. But thank you so much for that review, Sue, and all the other Rocketeers who've reached out. Thank you so much, patrons who are supporting the show on Patrons. And thank you, Rocketeers, who are letting our sponsor ads play through at the beginning of these episodes Listening to them go through and parents checking out our sponsors and supporting them in any way you can is a great way to help out the podcast. So thank you for doing that. 
Rocketeers, till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.